0: Crossing Church. If you'll stand with us this morning, how are y'all doing today? Staying cool this week? No? (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) It was great. It's great to see you actually, but I can't see you now that the lights came on. I could see you a minute ago. So it's great to have seen you a minute ago. Welcome to this service this morning. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer before we worship this morning. God, we just come before you this morning um, to honor you, God, to welcome you into this place. Lord, this is your house and we're here because of you. God, we're here to worship you, we're here to lift you up and we're here to be touched by your presence, God. We just pray that you would have your way this morning, that you would change us as we're in your presence today. We pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Put your hands together this morning and sing with us. We worship the God who We worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. Our God, he holds the veil. Sing to the God who always makes a way. For He hung up on that cross, and He rose up from that grave. My God, still rolling stones away. the beggars now we're royalty we were the prisoners And now we're running free we are forgiven accepted redeemed by his grace let the house of the Lord sing praise sing that we were the beggars now we're royalty we were the prisoners we're running free we are forgiven accepted redeemed by his grace let the house of the lord sing praise there's joy in the house of the lord there's joy in the house of the lord today we won't be quiet we'll shout out your praise there's joy in the house of the lord Surely in this place we won't be quiet. We'll shout out your praise. There's joy in the house of the Lord. Oh as we cross you crucified all my sin and shame it was washed by your mercy you are the treasure i find my reason for living so All my delight, all my delight, all of my hope is in you, God. I don't see how I'm gonna get out of this situation. I don't see the path forward right now, but all my delight, God, all my hope, God, all my strength, God, it's in you today. And God will honor that faith. Sing that again, sing it with your heart.
1: Focus on him right now. Would you just close your eyes for a moment and put your focus upon the one who is your strength. Just for a moment, forget about all the pressures of this week, all the pressures of this life. Are so many different avenues that we find delight, but yet the only way that we find fulfillment is Psalms 37 4 when we delight ourselves in the Lord. It says, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. You see, we often delight in the desire, not the Dad, I just want to challenge you to think about that. The desire of what you think you want is not really what you want or need. It only comes, fulfillment only comes through Christ, through delighting yourself in him. And I want to sing that part one more time, all my delight. And if you're here this morning, maybe you've been distracted. Maybe you've had a lot of things on your mind and school you're starting up and whatever it may be. And you're trying to process and just go through life. And you found yourself literally looking for other things, delighting in other things. Would you take this time as we sing that and just declare all my delights in you, God. It's not in anything else. Welcome to the crossing. We're glad that you are with us here today. We're in the middle of a series called Starts. We're excited to push forward on that. Our heart, our vision here at the crossing is literally to to serve God. We are people that love God, serve God, and give all that we have to him. We look at the great commandment and the great commission, and you know what? We see that laid out for us. If we live that out, that's what we're called to do. And so when we process this in life and we look through this and we've, the vision is to literally plant churches all across the world and we've already seen several of them planted and God's doing some incredible things and we're excited that you're here with us today as we are in the middle of a series called Start. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 6, as you can see, looking, talking about Noah and his life and some of the process that he went through and also we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 4 this week. So Genesis chapter 6, Matthew chapter 4. So if, if you'd like to follow along with that. So we've been talking about this for the last, like I said, couple of weeks, looking at this idea, this concept, this understanding of what it means to start. All of us have been a part of starts in our life. Sometimes we've been jump-started. Sometimes we've been delayed starts. And man, sometimes we can all say we've even had a false start, right? Things that, you know, we just deal with in life. And most of us all start out with the best intentions. We want things to go well. We have a desire of everything to be great. But sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. And no matter where you are in that journey, you can always know that God is with you and walking beside you. But yet his word gives us a template of how we can start and be successful and move forward according to his plan. I think of in my life the different starts and stops and things we've dealt with. And one start that happened 23 years ago, Mandy and I jump started our marriage. I say that because at the end of this month, I will be 44 years old. So if you do the math, you can process that, you can realize that. July 10th was our anniversary, end of August is my birthday, so when I was 20 and Mandy was 19, we got married. Now it's funny because everybody looks at our our wedding picture and they go, man, you are so young, you look so young. It's like... Because we were, you know, and it's, it's our kids love to point out that we got married when Mandy was a teenager, you know, and it's funny, I even look back now and I'll I'll ask, I remember when I had kids and started processing how this worked, I talked to my father-in-law and I said, man, how, how are you okay with that? Like, what in the world, when I came and talked to you, I mean, I would have looked at me and was like, heck no, buddy, no way. You know, you're young. You don't even know what you're talking, why were you okay? And he said, well, I didn't have much of a leg to stand on because he and my mother-in-law got married when they were 18 and 17, so I was like, yeah, you're right, you didn't have much. But I've already told my kids, it doesn't matter. I have legs to stand on. That doesn't count, <laughs> right? But, you know, God has been good. It was a jump start, and we realized that a lot of that was because it was all a part of God's plan, and yes, When you have false starts, when you have jump starts, when you have delayed starts, they affect you. I can tell you very plainly, when we were young and married, we were living on love. Can I get an amen? Anybody know that, you know? Like there was some hard times with that jump start. But at the end of the day, there were distractions, there were processes, things we had to go through to grow and develop to what God has called and created us to be. Because the truth is, life is full of distractions. It's full of pitfalls. Because the enemy wants to, Satan wants to destroy your life. He wants to get you off track. And I believe that's why when we talk about this concept of start, it's, it's very relevant and very applicable to our lives. Because we can look many areas of our lives and find times where we started and find times where we wish we could have pushed forward and done better, done things differently. And so what we've been doing, we've been looking at the word of God and in the idea and the story of Noah, not so much looking at the flood and obviously if you've been around, you've studied the Bible, you've heard the story of Noah and the ark, but really looking more at this idea that God spoke to him and he to build an ark for a flood that was coming. Now, mind you, It hadn't rained to that point. The water, the ground had been watered from underneath. But there's going to be a flood. The rains are going to come and a flood's going to come. And everything is going to be wiped away. And when we look at this story, we we, we often think of the flood and the animals and two by two and all these different thoughts. But we sometimes skip over what in the world must have been going through Noah's head, his wife's head, his neighbor's head, everybody around him. What are you doing building this massive boat in your front yard? And so when we look at that, we've, we see the scripture. So we've looked at Genesis chapter 6, look at Genesis 6, verse 9. And we just kind of get a, an idea. It says this is the account of Noah and his family. It says that Noah was a righteous man. Only the, the only blameless person that was living on the earth at the time. And listen to what it says. He walked in close fellowship with God. So we can see that Noah had a relationship with God. He had a connection to God the Father. And he was different than everyone else. So he was separate. He was, there was something was going on in his life because in that day we've established that the culture of that time was very, very evil. Very similar to our culture even today. The two main practices going on that were contradictory and harmful to society was sexual immorality and violence. Sound familiar? That's because in Matthew 24, 37, Jesus said that in the last days, it will be like the days of Noah. And we realize that we are living in the last days. But knowing this, God decides to literally wipe out the earth and start over. But he sees this guy, Noah, and he says, you know what? I can start with him and his family. And we see in Genesis 6.22 that it says, Noah did everything exactly as God commanded him. Let that sink in. He did everything. So we look at ourselves and our lives and we say, man, how did he do it? How did the guy build, how did he defy the odds? And so what we've been doing is we've been using the acronym START and walking through it and kind of giving a a, a thought, a process, a principle for each and every letter of the word START. The first week we looked at the S, which means you see yourself as God sees you because we can't look at how everybody else sees us because others have different views and it doesn't really matter. Our idea, our understanding is to see ourselves as God sees us. And how does God see you? We establish that he sees you as his special workmanship and a valuable part of his plan. Last week, we looked at the idea to trust in God and not your doubts. That it's easy to to doubt and think, man, what am I doing? What's going on? But we have to trust that God is in control. In other words, remember we talked about dream crushers. We have to ignore the dream crushers pressures in our life, and we have to listen to the voice of God. And really, if you stop and think about it, we pointed out that these two primary areas, when you're starting anything, whether it's your relationship with God, whether it's a job, whether it's a, a goal that you want to achieve, these are key fundamental principles to that process. Because if you don't see yourself the way God sees you, and you don't listen to the voice of God, so you see what it's dealing with, sight And hearing, if you don't listen to the proper things, you're going to find yourself making a false start. You're going to find yourself maybe delaying that start and not accomplishing what God has for you. So today, we're going to deal with the third letter, deal with the A, which means to align yourself to make a difference by being different. Align yourself to make a difference by being different. Now, the alignment concept deals primarily with direction. It's all about direction. I think oftentimes of the principle of the path. The principle of the path says this direction, not intention determines your destination. I can have good intentions when I start, but it's not about my attention, it's about the direction that I'm headed. So which direction am I going? Because that is all about alignment when it deals with your life. Not only physically, emotionally, but spiritually, every aspect deals with that concept, that understanding of alignment. So one of the most important tests that we all face as we try to achieve all that God has called us to do and the great things, anything we want to achieve, is to avoid the cultural distractions. Because staying aligned is one thing, saying it, I'm aligned, but living it is an entirely different thing. Think about it in your car, if you have a a vehicle, They go to the, you go to the vehicle, get it serviced. What are one of the things they want to do? They want to align your car. Now you have the option. You can say, absolutely, go ahead and align it. They're going to charge you. Or you can look at that price and say, "Eh, I ain't paying that. I don't care if it's aligned or not. That's totally your prerogative. It's also your prerogative in your personal life if you want alignment or not. No one is going to penalize you and say, oh, you have to do this now or what. But here's what you have to understand. You can pay the price for alignment now or you can pay the price for misalignment later. Anybody understand that? Have you ever ignored their idea, their understanding for alignment? And then you find that before you know it, your tires are wearing unevenly. And now that one cost for alignment is now going to be paid on multiple tires because you are misaligned. Because what happens is, what? If you do not have alignment, that wear on the tire is going to wear unevenly. In your life, if you are misaligned, you're going to wear unevenly. And you're going to see this correlated and you're going to wonder, why am I so tired? Why does this area of my life feel out of balance? It's probably because you're misaligned. So looking at this, what are some of the potholes that sometimes get us misaligned? What are some of the things that keep us from being aligned and making a difference by being different? Well, we're going to look at them, we're going to call them primarily cultural distractions. They're distractions that we all face. Now, the enemy likes to use them as temptation, but the truth is if we boil them down, they're distractions. So what I've done, I've broken them down into four primary areas. There's more we could probably find a lot. But four primary areas that I see that the enemy oftentimes wants to distract you. The first one is this, is the distraction of popularity. The distraction of popularity. If you're always worried about other people think, you're going to be distracted from your destiny. This is very common. You know what, we get this this popular, we want to be seen, we want people to think that we've arrived, that we've done something great, and we have all these pressures around us to be successful, to be famous, and what is success, define success, all these ideas. But the reality is this distraction of popularity has been with you even since you were a young kid. It's been with you through high school. You know what? One of the things we tell our kids all the time is dealing with high school. We're like, you know what? I know you care about what people think. But the truth is, you're not going to be very close to those that you were in high school later in life. Can anybody agree with that? You've been there? I mean, think about this. How many of you, just a show of hands, are, are really close to five people? Let's start with five. In high school, that you talk to them every day. They are just like family. Can anybody raise raise your hand? If you have five people, okay, lower your hand if they're family, right? You see what I'm saying? Like the truth is we may have one or two that we stay connected to, but at the end of the day, those people that were so worried about how we live our life don't have as big of an impact on us later on. You look at the, the world as a whole. Look at Hollywood. To be famous, what does it mean to be famous? You know, they, they have all these desires, these pushes. And what happens? When they get famous, you know what they do? They dress in incognito trying to find, because all these people are surface level people that are praising them, but they feel so disconnected and lonely. Because the reality is popularity in itself is just a distraction. It's not. The only, you know, you can ask yourself, do I want the applause of man or the approval of God? The second distraction we see is the distraction of pleasure. This is big. It's, it's for all of us. We all love to have fun and feel comfort. But when that becomes the primary focus of your life, it's going to misalign you. It's going to knock you out. Of alignment. And it's going to keep you from reaching the desired goals that God has for you. So knowing that, seeing that, we have to ask ourselves, is this really what it's all about? Yeah, sure, we love to have fun, but at what cost? At what cost? Then we see the distraction of profits. Now this is a big one. All of us have dealt with this at some level. I mean, if you've had money, And had no money, how many can agree having money is better than no money, right? If you've been there, this isn't rocket science, this isn't hard, we all know that. But what happens is we cannot live by money alone. Jesus said it like that, you cannot serve both God and money. So making a profit can't be your primary focus. Because if that's what you're focused on, that's what you're going to serve. That's what's going to keep your attention and it's going to cause misalignment in your life. And the fourth one is the distraction of possessions. It's what I have or what I don't have. You see sometimes it's not just what I have, it's what I don't have that I want. And these distractions begin to overtake us and we judge success based on what we have. But the truth is That's not success, is it? We have to define it differently. And if that distraction of possession becomes a key factor in our life, you know what happens? We're misaligned. And we find ourselves out of alignment, not making a difference, but being worn down. So knowing that we can look at noah's life and see that obviously he was a great example right he's building this boat everybody's all around him choosing calling him i guarantee he wasn't popular can anybody agree with that like popularity was definitely not noah i'm pretty sure building a boat out of gopher wood back then was not fun i mean anybody think that's fun i mean that's not my idea of fun hey you want to go build a boat in the backyard this will be great it's not necessarily what he wanted to do you know and we we look at it profitable i don't think it's profitable if you are anything to deal with money he was losing money the man was pouring something into an investment that everybody saw as ridiculous possessions he had to give up a lot for it so when you look at his life what a great example of someone who said these distractions they're not me I'm not going to worry about it but another term as I mentioned earlier that we really deal with in the spiritual sense not just distractions but we see the Bible refers to them as temptations Because we understand that the enemy, Satan, wants to destroy your life. 1 Peter 5.8 tells us that he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Ever watched National Geographic, right? It's that lion crouching to pounce on you to destroy you. So seeing that, knowing that, understanding that, we ask ourselves, okay, if that's the case, this is his goal, how do I avoid these temptations? How do I avoid these distractions in my life? I want to look at a passage in Matthew chapter 4 where Jesus is literally going away for 40 days and 40 nights. In a moment of prayer and solitude before the Lord. He's fasting. So what does that mean? He's not eating. He's literally not eating any food. And he's just spending time only in the presence of God. He's seeking the Lord. So all the natural nutrients he needs, instead of using food, he was using his time with the Lord. So it's, it's a process called fasting. This is what Jesus was doing. He was in a time of prayer and fasting. At the 40-day mark, if you've gone 40 days without food, how many of you know you're hungry? Right? Maybe even a little hangry. Anybody ever been hangry? Yeah. You can relate with me here. That hangry point, you know, he's, he's probably not real comfortable in the physical sense. But then Satan comes and tries to distract him. He tries to tempt him. Let's look at this, this, this story. Uh, Matthew chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. It said, then Jesus was led by the spirit into the wilderness and was tempted there by the devil. For 40 days and 40 nights he fasted and became very hungry. We all can agree with that. During that time the devil came and said to him, if you are the son of God, tell these stones to become loaves of bread. But Jesus told him, no, scripture says people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, How many would agree that we live in a world that says you are what you produce? You agree with that? It's all about what we produce. And so Satan's dealing with this idea of production. He's dealing with all these ideas and he's attacking Jesus with this thought. Now we can see from this passage many of these distractions and we can also see Jesus' response. The first one we see is the distraction of possessions. He's been there 40 days and 40 nights and what does it say he is? Very hungry. And what does Satan do? He says, hey, hey, you, you know what? I know you're hungry. Let's see if you can turn these stones into bread. He focused on the fact of what Jesus had. He had no food. And he tried to tempt him, distract him with a distraction of possession, something that he would need for his body. And how many times in our life does the enemy do that to you? He distracts you with things that you think you need. And what happens is our focus then goes after possessions instead of serving God. And what happens is we become misaligned. And sometimes it's not just about gaining a possession. Sometimes it's a pity party of what we don't have. Ever been there? Well, they have that. I don't have that. They have everything going on. I don't have anything going on. My life is just awful, right? It's this idea of haves and have-nots. And we it brings what we don't realize is it is a temptation. It is a distraction that creates misalignment in our life. And this is one of the distractions. He said 40 days, a distraction of possession. Another distraction we see here is that of popularity. Look what he says in verse 3. He says, if... You are the Son of God. Now, isn't that interesting? I can tell you with utmost confidence and confidence and scripture evidence that Satan knew Jesus was the Son of God. Okay, there was no hmm, I wonder if he is. He knew it. He was one of the head archangels. He had tried to overthrow God. Was cast down. He he and a legion of angels that followed him to literally into the utter darkness. And what happened? He began to roam the earth and tempt and cause problems. This and a whole other sermon of itself. But scripture tells us that Satan even trembled at the very name of Jesus. So it wasn't as if he didn't know who Jesus was. What was he doing? He was literally attacking the popularity. Saying, if you really are, prove it. Show that you are. Dealing with this idea, this identity of who Jesus is. When you look at popularity... It really is an identity issue because so many times we place our identity in different things. I am this. I am an academic person. I am an athlete. I am whatever, a musician. You can literally look and we we find our identity in what we are. And oftentimes one of the biggest struggles as you're growing up and sometimes in midlife, right, midlife crisis, is trying to find what is my identity. But what you have to understand is your identity is not what you do. Your identity is in whose you are. Did you catch that? It's not in what you do. Your identity is in whose you are. You are a child of God. You are his workmanship, specially created for him. And if you live your life trying to be something, you'll never achieve anything but frustration. But if you live your life for something, for God, as his child, you're going to find that fulfillment that only he can give. But he attacked this identity. He was like, if you're the son of God, prove you're the son of God. Show you're the son of God. Make us believe you're the son of God. But what did Jesus say? He's like, you know what? We don't live by bread alone. I'm not taking that distraction. The distraction we see was the prophets because he needed food. And he said, what? Turn the stones to bread. Prove that these stones can be bread. Like if you're Jesus, you're the son of God, do it. But what did Jesus say? You know what? That's not what you're missing the point. In other words, he wasn't willing to be misaligned. He said, I know what you're doing. You're not going to distract me with that temptation. You're not going to distract me with that idea, that understanding that I just have to do this to prove myself. And when you look at that, basically Satan was attacking him with what he needed. But Jesus said, you know what? I don't need the popularity. I don't need the possessions. I don't need the profit. Why? Because it's about relying on God and staying in alignment with him. The next part of the passage we see in verse 5. It says then the devil took him to the holy city of Jerusalem, the highest point of the temple, and he said if you are the son of God, jump for off, jump off. For the scriptures say that he will order his angels to protect you, and they will hold you with their upright with their hands, and they won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord, your God. Now we see this obviously still he's attacking the popularity, right? If you're Jesus, but we also see the the pleasure, right? come on, you know that would have been cool, right? Jesus, he's like, all right, boom, I'm going to fall down in Jerusalem and everybody's going to see, the angels are going to pick me up and it's going to be a show, right? Those who didn't believe are going to start believing because you're going to say, wow, look what just happened. And this is the idea Satan's attacking. He's like, come on, if you think you're great, you know, this is going to be fun, we're going to put on a show here. But Jesus is like, you know what? It's not about being spectacular. I don't need that in my life. It's about staying aligned with the vision and the purpose that God has for me. So in other words, I see myself as his creation. I am his son. He's saying that I'm going to trust in God's plan, not listen to the outside voice. And I'm going to make sure that I stay in alignment with his vision and his plan. And this is testing it. I mean, if you look about this, this is testing a lot in his life. But he's saying, I'm going to stay aligned. Read on the last part of this story. We see the devil took him now to the peak of a very high mountain. And he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory. And he says, I can give all this to you if you will simply kneel down and worship me. Get out of here, Satan, Jesus told him. For the Lord your God, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil went away. And the angels came back and took care of Jesus. Think about that. On this one, it's dealing with all the distraction, isn't it? The kingdoms of the world, all their glory. I mean, that's popularity. That's pleasure. That would be fun, right? You have everything. He's telling him, you know what? I'll give you anything if you'll just bow down. He's dealing with profits. You can have whatever you want. You can have it all. He's talking about possessions, what you possess. These distractions, these temptations are real in all of our lives. You don't graduate from them. You don't just all of a sudden say, oh, I don't want that in my life. I mean, you you can try, but you're going to want them. Why? Because you're human. Human nature is to want the best. It's self-preservation. I want the best for me. And you're not some awful individual just because you want life A little easier. But here's what you have to understand. When they become your focus, whether it's popularity, whether it's profits, whether it's possession, when that becomes, that pleasure, that becomes your focus in any of those areas, spiritually, you're misaligned. And you know what? even if any other goal, you have to remain focused on what it is because that small, minute, you may say, ah, it's not that big of a deal. It doesn't matter. Let me tell you, it matters. And if you don't think so, you're gonna soon find out it does. I looked this up because I've heard this before and I thought, what is the power of that one degree distraction? And as I was looking at it, it said, you know what, it's, it's a tricky thing because just being one degree is just a slightly off at the beginning, but it becomes so big. And it pointed out that in 100 yards, if you were just one degree off in 100 yards, you would be 5.2 feet off your goal. Not that bad, is it? But if you go a mile, that five feet turns into 92.2 feet off. Now, that's a little bigger goal, but, you, bigger split, but I could still see where I wanted to be, so I'm okay, right? It said if you were traveling from San Francisco to L.A., you would be off by six miles. Okay, now it's six miles, I really can't see where my goal was, right? If you're actually going to get in your car and go from San Francisco all the way to Washington, D.C., only off by one degree, it would take you 42.6 miles away from your goal to Baltimore. Interesting, isn't it? It says if you go around the globe, if you started in Washington, D.C. and went all the way around the globe and you just were one degree off, you would literally end up in Boston, which is 435 miles away from your destination. If you wanted to go to the moon, you'd be off 4,169 miles. If you wanted to go to the sun one degree off, you would be out 1.6 1.6 million miles away. So I know some of you are thinking, eh, that's just a slight distraction. It doesn't really matter. It matters. One degree off can send you in an entire different direction. And you have to look at that and realize the power of that one degree. And how you think that these distractions won't make a difference, they will make a difference. Noah was different, wasn't he? He lived life different. God liked what he saw in Noah. So what he literally changed, he was going to destroy everything. But then he saw Noah. Think about that. I want you to process that just for a moment. Everything was headed for destruction. But two words changed history there. But... Noah. Isn't that interesting? But Noah, he lived life different. That's the power of one person. That's the power of one individual who chooses to be different. You see, alignment takes discipline. It's not easy. But that discipline of a Christ follower is not to master anything but to be mastered by the Spirit. Let me say that one more time. Alignment takes discipline. And the discipline of a Christ follower is not to master anything, or I could even say everything, but to be mastered by the Spirit. You see, Jesus did this, didn't he? He held the discipline, and he said, I'm not going to allow these things to distract me. This is my, I'm going to use that discipline. I'm going to live my life disciplined. And we as followers of Christ, we have to recognize that it is seeing ourselves as God sees us. It is trusting in God and not our doubts. And it's aligning yourself to make a difference by being different. Using that discipline to be all that God has created you to be. I want you to close your eyes and reflect on that just today. Maybe you're here today and you know what? You realize your life is out of whack. It's not where it needs to be. And you find yourself frustrated. You find yourself like you're missing something. Maybe even today, as we were talking, some of those distractions were coming to your mind. You realized, yeah, that's a distraction in my life. This is a distraction. The only way you're going to find hope, the only way you're going to find the peace that you're seeking comes from Him. It comes from spending time in the Word of God, knowing God and accepting Him as your Savior. And if you're here today and you don't know Christ as your Savior, we want to give you that opportunity. We never want to close this service without giving you the chance to accept Him as your personal Savior. Maybe you've accepted Him at one point in your life and you what life brought some challenges and you just walked away. But today you want to rededicate your life to Him. You want to make Him first in your life. With no one looking around, we're not going to embarrass you or call you out. But if that's you here today and you're saying, hey, that's me, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to put Christ first in my life or I want to rededicate my life to no one looking around just for a moment if that's you we're not going to embarrass you or call you I'm going to pray with you right where you're sitting but you're saying hey I want to commit my life or rededicate my life would you make eye contact with me today amen anyone else anybody else here today I want to commit my life or rededicate my life pray here in just a moment Romans chapter 10 it says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord then you are saved the confession is a prayer but the belief is a life that you have to choose to live out it's a life that you have to choose to walk in him remove the distractions and put him first first so if you're here today and that's you, are joining with us and you made that decision or maybe you're joining online and God's speaking this to your heart. As we pray today, all I'm asking is that you make this your personal prayer. I'll lead you in the prayer of confession, but you make it a prayer and then you begin to live that life for him. But let's pray right now, if you would. Let's join me right now if we all join together. Do not singling it out. If you've accepted Christ, and let this be a reminder. But let's pray right now. Say, dear Jesus, I come to you today, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you died for me and rose again for me. And now today, I choose to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The Bible says all of heavens rejoicing. Would you rejoice with them today? Just as we sang at the end of service and of worship, that all my delight comes from Him. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He gives you the desires of your heart, and you find that fulfillment that you need. And that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. I want to encourage you in that today. God is good, amen? Amen.
2: came to my mind whenever we were reading the scripture about um, Jesus saying, get behind me, Satan. I love the new saying, and Harrison has a t-shirt that has it on it. Not today, Satan, right? So this week we can all say, not today, Satan, not doing it. (laughs) Y'all didn't think that was funny? Okay, Never mind. All right, let's all try that together, right? Let's all say it together, not today, Satan. Come on, y'all, let's do it one more time. Here we go, not today, Satan much better. Sorry, I'm getting in my teacher mode, so just you'll just have to bear with me for a little bit, okay? All right. Well, today we are so excited to have you here at The Crossing. We are so excited that you joined us in worship today, whether it be here in person or online. So we want to say welcome. If you are a first-time guest, we would love for you to scan this Connect card and uh, fill this out. Um, also, you can scan this if you're, you've are you been here, and uh, there are many different options you can put on the Connect card card, if you made a decision for Christ today, if you want to know more about how to come to the table, how to get started on your walk with Jesus, or not just get started, but how to grow in your walk with Jesus, you can put that on there as well. Um, Also, you can click on connect groups, um, lots of different options there. So if you'll take a second and do that for me. and then we are going to go ahead and pray over our offering this morning. Um, Most of us these days are giving online now. It's so much easier. You can give here in person today if you'd like to. You can, we have a bucket set up in the back, Um, but there are many different options you can choose to give. Um, You can download the Church Center app, which is amazing, and you can give through the Church Center app. Um, You can also text any amount to 84321. You can also just go to our website thecrossingchurch.tv, or you can um, mail this into PO Box 428. So let's pray this morning, even though you might give um, this week online, but let's still dedicate our hearts and our finances back to the Lord today. Let's do that. Jesus, we love you so much. We thank you um, that we can give. We thank you for the blessing of giving. God, we thank you that when we do give, that you throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour blessings on us. cannot even hold, and we just praise you for that. So today, or um, this week, or whenever we give, we wanna give it back to you with a cheerful heart, thanking you and praising you for all you've done. In your name we pray, amen, amen. All right, so we have our kiddos coming in. Um, We want all our kiddos to come down, but not just the kids. If you are a high schooler, if you work in the school systems, if you are starting back college, we're gonna get everybody in. So I need y'all to come on down, everybody, come on. Come on, teenagers, college students. Y'all stand up, y'all keep standing. Y'all stand up, kids. If you work in the school system, I know we have teachers in here this morning, we have staff personnel that work in the schools. There has never been a greater opportunity to be a light in the darkness than it is right now. Our kids, our teenagers, our staff people, our teachers, go through a lot to be the light, and so we wanna pray over them. So parents, family members, anybody that's here and wants to join us today, if you'll come find somebody, we're gonna pray over everybody this morning And believing that this is gonna be the best year. We're gonna have the opportunity to reach people for Jesus. We've got to, that's gonna be our goal, our focus, to reach people for Jesus. All right. All right, let's pray this morning. Jesus, thank you for every single child, every single teenager, every single staff person, teacher that works in a school every person that will start school this week or go to college in the next few weeks. Jesus, you have called us. You have given us a mission to reach the people around us. And I pray over these kids that you'll protect their minds, protect these teenagers, protect their their souls, their spirits, God. Lord, that they will commit their life to serving you and pleasing you. And then they are going to reach people all around them. They are going to be the light in the dark place. We pray that you will place a hedge of protection around our school buildings, around our communities. Lord, I pray that your angels will encamp around every campus, every person, every teenager, every child, every college student, every teacher, that you will have your angels encamped around us. We are praying for your safety, for your protection, Lord, for your guidance. And thank you, Lord, that you have called us to be the light thank you, Jesus, that you're going to use us this year. It's going to be the best year yet. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 It's going to be a great year this year. You guys can have a seat. Y'all can have a seat. (laughs) All right. And then if y'all will just bear with me for like two seconds, I have a few announcements and then we're done. All right. So this Saturday, this Saturday, ready, say this Saturday. If you are a kiddo that's gonna be in kindergarten all the way up through fifth grade, we are having a... Let me see what it's called, A Bounce Out of Summer. So Pastor Mary Jo has put this together. It's from 10 to 5. We want, oh, I'm sorry, it's from ages 2 to 11. So I'm sorry, I was wrong. 2 to 11, bring your friends, bring your neighbors, bring your cousins, bring everybody. This is a free event Um, Just come and have a great time. And um, there will be some concessions available uh, so that if you want to bring your own lunch, you can. If you wanna purchase things here, the proceeds will go to BGMC, our missions initiative for our kids. So definitely come out, um, be a part. If you are um, a parent of a child that you're gonna be bringing and you don't mind um, helping out, I'm sure Pastor Mary Jo would love to have some, some volunteers. So definitely talk to her after service today okay so on uh, next sunday august 14th we will be starting youth back up on a weekly basis and so teenagers we want you to be ready for that we want you to um, get your friends get them here we want to see um, amazing amazing things happen um this school year and that starts with you guys it starts here on sunday evenings august 14th so we're excited to get that back rolling again Um, Also coming up at the end of August, we are gonna have a Dream Team volunteer event. We believe that when we serve and we volunteer, that we are part of the dream team um, because we know that God is accomplishing great and powerful things through each and every volunteer. So we want you to be a part of that. There's gonna be more details coming out, um, but just just put that on your calendar. It'll be ex- um, immediately following service on that Sunday. And it's gonna uh, be a great time of just getting back in with all hands on deck and uh, just getting ready to do incredible things for Jesus. And then um, the last two things, We're getting connect groups started back up. Um, Our regular connect groups will start on September 4th, um, that Sunday, but then um, there's a new connect group that's starting called um, First, it's First Friday Ladies Connect. First Friday's Ladies Connect. So it's a physical and spiritual wellness connect group. So that will be starting on August, I'm sorry, not August, September 2nd. All right, that was a lot, a lot, a lot. So be sure you're following us on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, If you're not receiving our weekly emails, let us know, we will get you on our email um, list. And uh, we hope you guys had an incredible day today in the presence of the Lord. And hope you guys all have a wonderful week this week. Don't forget, not today, Satan. We're not gonna do it, all right. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you back later. Have a good one.